no, 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 no. I know Pussy Riot is different. I swear. What did I You're see that was called Pussy Weed? Oh, I think it's. You know what it is? It's just an Instagram meme account I follow. If you want to do a reverb drenched, of course it is. It doesn't matter if you can sing or not. We can start a doom shoegaze. Yeah. I want to be in that band so bad. It'll be the only band that I'll be able to drum in because all I have to do is go. You could probably, and then you teach me to play a couple chords on bass because all I have to do is like. Why do we not have like a house band, like a band for our house? Well, Ty is already a DJ, and so he could do like synthy stuff for us. Like yeah. Ty's in the band. Ty's in the band. Damn. It's a house band. Ty's in the band. We're not just gonna have a house band <laughs> except metal, for Ty. That could be like a new metal element. Black and shoegaze. Yeah. yeah. What could do? What'll Tori do? Will she meow for us? It'll be like yeah. Corn and Sun O mixed together. That yeah. sounds. Excellent. I'm going to tell you right now that if somebody told me that, I'd be like, that sounds like it's either going to be terrible or the best band I've ever heard. Exactly. Of my Thank you. Are we getting this good content or not? Yes, so we're recording. Okay, okay, okay <laughs> thank God. Jesus. I don't know how. That strange new voice is uh, Henry. Yeah, we're, apparently we've been recording a podcast for a lot of this time. Oops. Um, the, the voice in the background is Henry, our roommate, is going to be making pasta. He's going to be doing a live pasta cooking while we record this podcast. We've added so a cooking element to the show. And meal prepping breakfast sauce. So he gets a live podcast, a live show. A live and show. And we get live pasta. Which so. I love. Hi, this is If It's Gay, We Play. A podcast where we are a mess. And uh, we love you. 24-7. Yeah, like even Three, when we're not recording, six, it's, it's just like My this. My fucking hair is so soft. I just showered. I went mm. at least one full day past the like, I absolutely need to shower threshold. I, this is disgusting. I'm not sure if I have showered since Monday. Oh, and it's no, Friday. Maybe Hannah. Tuesday? Whenever I took a bath. You I t- that was Monday. Wasn't it Tuesday? I don't remember. I also didn't My work days on are so long. And so I was repulsive today. I was uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and so I walked home and walked immediately into the shower. I saw her. It's true. I'm very sorry if my lover, Lasagna, listens to this episode. Yeah. Um, she been rough. is out of town, so it's could be worse um, I guess but, but you did see her yesterday I did but she was in her gym clothes from the night before so I think it all evens out yeah fair 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 uh, she had got, gone to the gym there so the people who are talking right now I'm Kai my pronouns are Z her hers mime's Hannah mime mime Hannah <laughs> my pronouns are she her hers <laughs> so I I um, purchased Willie Nelson brand weed today at the yeah. dispensary and when I was at the dispensary there's a a lot of I'll tell the second part later um and uh and I smoked it at work and I can say that on the podcast because like, like a cigarette I smoked the marijuana like a cigarette <laughs> at work um I can say that at this podcast because literally everybody who works at my job including the owner of the shop smokes weed at work amazing um and I it was great I got very inspired and rearranged some jewelry cases so I hi good reviews for Willie Nelson hi, brand reviews. weed hi reviews for Willie Thank Nelson you. brand weed nice um, and then I was lamenting that uh, Jimmy Buffett brand weed, which is a real thing, will only be available in Florida, which I didn't even know until then had recreational I marijuana. I don't know. It must. It must. But Unless he's only doing mid strains. So Kai's going to Florida this summer, and then I was like, bring me back some Jimmy Buffett weed. Um, and uh, Z was like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. And I was like, pussy weed, Kai. You put the weed in your puss. And I said... I don't know about that one. And I said, you've done it before. 
I'm not going to say whether I've done it before or not on this podcast. You have. I'm, I'm not, not, I'm not gonna, saying you've done it on a flight. I I'm know you've done say, it at music festivals. I'm not going to say. I know you did it at Riot Fest the year that I went with you. I've never broken the law in my life. I know for a fact you did it at Riot Fest the year I went with you. I love the law. <laughs> And the Lord. A, and the that, Lord. That, that upsets me as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. All right, fine. I fucking put weed in my pussy. Is that what you want to hear me say? Yes. That is what I wanted to hear. <laughs> um, and then Aaron was like. I have a job. Okay. Yeah, okay. We, listen, <laughs> yeah, me I, too. We all have jobs. Um, uh, and so Aaron was like, I bought pussy weed today. And then I was like, my brain was like, did you buy Weed from a, p- a pussy yeah, that was in a pussy, thought. or did you buy a record by the man Pussy Weed, which is not a band that exists? No, I not. found out <laughs> it's an Instagram it meme account that I follow that I got mixed up in my brain. Which reasonable, I get it. I Memes, smoked Willie Nelson weed today. Bands, yeah, no, I totally understand. You get stuff confused, and then Aaron revealed that he in fact bought Prelube that is weed for. for so it's weed for your pussy. It's oh. weed that you put pussy weed. Now, pussy do you weed. Think, do you think? Do you think? Do you think? Do you guys think? Do you friends think? That um, if you put it up your butt, you would also get high. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You'd probably get higher. So it's not just no. For your it's pussy. for anything that a hole, any, for any hole that needs lubricant. Any, any, any type of membrane that can metabolize things, it's going to do it. Now, do we know if your ears can metabolize things? I would not put it in your yeah, ear. Yeah, I wouldn't put I anything wouldn't, it's in my oil ear. Based. I mean, it is it is like uh, coconut oil based. Like it's not. I wouldn't keep coconut oil away from my ears. I would. I would Don't not put stick that in it your in your ears. Oh, I would put it in my ear, but I wouldn't be like, oh no, get that away from me. What are you talking about? <laughs> We're talking about that. whether you'd put it in your ear, and the answer is no, and you shouldn't. I wouldn't put it in. All right. Listen, fine. I just friends, to know listeners of this podcast, yes, you can put it in your butt. You can put whatever That's you want in your butt, Kai. This is America. Well, I mean, it is, it is oil based, so maybe you know you don't. Want well, to. no, what, your butt? oil based. You, I, if it's oil based, then you shouldn't use condoms with it because then that would correct. Uh, you should not use latex would, condoms. Yeah, that would particularly be bad for. Uh, we are referring to Euphoria Pleasure. Is the product name? Um, Sponsor us. I'm here. To, that would be so Please great if we got sponsored God, by Pussy Weed. If any any weed wanted to sponsor us, we should start when we start soliciting sponsors. We should talk to dispensaries. Yeah, we should. We live in Weed Town, USA. You know who we should talk to? You know what? We also profits. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, we also live in Mushrooms, USA. Now I am so angry at the city of Denver for legalizing yeah. fucking. No, it's decriminalized. It's decriminalized. You can still get you can still get jail time, but it's not a felony. Time. My apologies, uh, choice of words. Decriminalizing mushrooms and not decriminalizing people's right to exist. Yeah, I don't want to go. I've spent so much of this week getting angry about it that I, on our joke podcast, I don't want to go off about it. I just would feel remiss to not. But say yeah, the, that the city we had a bad election and we reelected up. our shithead homeless sweeping mayor. And we uh, voted down, unsurprisingly, because the opposition had so much money, we voted down a initiative that would have decriminalized, like, sleeping in your own legally parked car. Eating outside, which, having a blanket yeah, over Yeah, which you. is a crime. In, all of these things are a crime in Denver. It is technically, like, illegal to have a picnic in the park, but if you are not houseless looking, uh, you're fine. But if they, like, think that you look like a houseless person... It's stupid and we're they'll, They can t- legally just take all yeah. of your possessions and, like, put you in jail. It's... We live in a fucking... In a lot of ways, Denver's great. In some ways, it is a fucking dystopia. Yeah. Um, so anyway, unsurprisingly, we did dis- decriminalize mushrooms, but did psilocybin like 
magic mushrooms, not like mm-hmm. just ones you buy at the grocery store. Yeah. Wouldn't We've that be wild if like all mushrooms were illegal? That'd be super wild, Hannah. Um, but we did not decriminalize homelessness. But at least now white button mushrooms are not considered criminals. That's <laughs> that's true. I'm just saying. That's true. The libertarians won today. The libertarians often win and they're fucking so smug about it and that's what makes me angrier than anything. I so, fucking hate libertarians. Hannah. What's the gayest thing that you, hi Charles, Hannah? What's the gayest thing that you've? He's done a this recovering. Week? I know he's recovering. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that one in there. What's the gayest thing that you've done this week? Oh wow! Wow, Aaron crazy. sucked that bad boy down. I'm talking about a drink. <laughs> Charles, hello. Hey. I'm a- <laughs> hey. hey. Recovering libertarian and recovering Catholic are two of the like. Oh, buddy, don't I know it? Yeah. Aren't you? Don't no, I you're. Know. Yeah. You're yeah. a recovering Episcopalian? Yeah, yeah get out, get out of there. No, no, a Catholic into oh. Methodist. Oh, oh, my God, I was so hot. Into whatever I, I am now. Into... I don't know. Some, something. Now I'm going to sweat again. I just showered. I have to hold my arms up. Um, yes, Henry's just real-time reacting with, like, um, gestures to all the things that I'm saying, and I really like it. It's like having a, a mime gallery. Um... Oh, now he's in a box. Oh, and he's out of the box. He's making pasta. Um, so, the, Hannah. The gayest thing I've done this week, <laughs> but, uh, was it not shower for five days and then smoke yeah, really Nelson weed at work? Yeah, fucking That's pretty gay. <laughs> That's disgusting is what it is. It's You know what it is? It's Colorado. I tell you that yeah. right now. You're I also, this hippie. isn't gay. You what you hate. No. I'm a dirty <laughs> punk and you know it. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Um, oh, I'm so sorry that I laughed so loud, too. Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> no, just don't slam things on the table. Slam oh, it I, off I table. That was me. Um, I threw my phone down. Hi, Tori. Um, Tori's back also. Last time... Tori's back, baby. Baby. Uh, we're recording at our house again, which means Tori, Toriline, but Blackwell is here, sniffing at my gin cocktail. So, Hannah, was it, um, was it, it might have been showering that. in the weed? Uh, this isn't the gayest thing I've done, but it was very funny that today I had to drive... One of my coworkers, this won't be funny unless you like know all these people, but I had to drive one of my coworkers, it'll be kind of funny, I had to drive one of my coworkers' cars, because I don't have one, to my other coworker's house to print out these pictures that my boss had a month to print out for this thing she's doing at the conference they're going to, uh, literal like hours before the coworker I was delivering them to was getting on a plane to Vegas. I was the one who had to be like, I forgot to print these pictures. We've been talking about it for a month, but I forgot to do it. Will you print them and then take them to Casey's house? And so I did. Um, I got to meet some cool dogs. uh, And I spent like two hours of my work day doing that, which was just very, it was very, um, very the place where I work. It was just so the essence of the place where I work. Not in a negative way. I mean, I got paid also. I'm not complaining. But uh, it was just fun. It was so funny the whole time. I'm like, of course this happened. I should have anticipated this. Yeah, I should have anticipated this, this being my day happen. at work. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of gay. The place you work at yeah. is pretty gay. I also ate vegan, a vegan chili dog and chili fries for lunch. Oh my God, fuck me up. And the people who ran the truck, the vegan van, shout out to the vegan van. We love you, vegan van. Peer pressured me into getting a fried Oreo, so I ate a fried Oreo for the first Sponsor time. vegan van. I've had a... It was fucking so good. It was really good. I could not have eaten more than one, I don't think, but it was really yeah, good. Yeah, no, they are very lit, though. So I've just had a, a whirlwind of a week. Whirlwind of a week, um, Earlier this week, I was taking a bath. This is pretty gay. I was taking a bath. We haven't recorded in two weeks, so I feel like I have a lot of pent-up podcast energy. Yeah, yeah sure, sure, sure. Um, I was taking a bath, uh, and I had the door cracked open because Tori, the cat, was like glued to my side all day. Like Every room I went into, she mm-hmm. needed to be next to me. So I was taking a bath, and I left the door cracked open in case she got stressed I'm out. I'm sorry, did you just clarify that Tori was a cat? 
I guess. All right. Continue. I don't know. And uh, while I was in the bath getting very high and listening to the episode of Ologies about toads, which mm. is very choice. Bufology. Bufology. Uh, Ologies is an amazing podcast. Uh, it is especially, is a very, that's what it's called. Concerts the study of ologies. toes is bufology. Bufology, yeah. Isn't that adorable? It's all, that also sounds like it could be the study of putting drugs up your butt to get high faster. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not. I guess you could put a hallucinogenic toad up your butt to get high weed, I'm telling you. Then you're, then you're combining weed. the two. Mm-hmm. Bufo, bufology. Boof, bufology. Boof, boof, bufology. Boof, boof. So, um, Hannah, tell us your fucking story. I was in the basket really high listening to ologies, and Henry's girlfriend, Kelsey, uh, walked in. Um, I had sent a text message out that said I was doing this activity, but I didn't use my human words that out loud. <laughs> yeah, and sure. so Kelsey walked in and like de- like walked over the bathroom, was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry!" And I was too high to like react quickly, so I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry." Oh. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, that sorry really made it sound like you were hitting on her. I wasn't. It did. I wasn't. Oh yeah. I was not. Kelsey, oh, if you're I'm listening, you just like spread out the mat. Oh yeah. Sorry. Oh, so sorry you had to see this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had, had a bubble witness. bath. It was real nice. Listen. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would like to listen to the gayest thing you've done this week, Kai. If you'd oh my like God. to tell me. Wow, thank you. Yeah. Um, I've done a lot of gay stuff this week. Uh, primarily being working a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Now I have a 40-hour week fucking mm. 8 to 4 corporate, corporate job. And that's... Not gay at all, actually. But no, it's, it's actually gay. quite ungay. I have um, several several queer coworkers. That's gay. And that is, in fact, very gay and quite delightful. I have charmed one of my queer coworkers by being very good at bad photoshops, which is apparently a useful skill for my company also. Oh, uh, so you're I am trying getting, to appeal to the millennial crowd? Yeah, so I am getting paid to do bad photoshops, finally, my dream. Um, and that's really good. Uh, I think probably the gayest thing that I've done this week is repeatedly be out until 12 or 1 in the morning while having to get up at 6 for (laughs) a job to be with a girl. Uh And that's pretty pretty gay. It's extremely Um, gay. That's one of the gayer things that there is. Yeah, and I think that I've talked about the whole whole L word type situation that has led to this scenario. I don't think you have on the podcast. I feel like I I mentioned it offhandedly last week, but... Yeah, so I've been I've been friends with this with this girl for like four four years, and um, hmm, someone recently that was accidental, and and we haven't like talked about having feelings for each other at all, and then somewhat recently we were like, oh, um, I guess we really like each other now, and I guess we're kind of together, but also, oh no, you have a partner. Oh, geez, they decided you're monogamous. Oh boy, well that's rough. Well, let's just figure this out, and everyone's gonna be polyamorous anyways. Oops, all poly. Oops, all polyam. Uh, poly is actually short for Polynesian, which is oh. uh, why we don't say that anymore. I we see. say polyam. I did not yeah. know. Yes. Uh, there's your little educational corner. Um, and, yeah, that's the, that's the situation right now. Boy, I'm, I'm having a good time. Sorry, I was distracted by uh, the, this little snap dance lookup mm. that Henry did. The way that you said, boy, I'm having a good time, made it sound like there's something there that you're that not, you're not having a good time. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing that is less of a good time is the fact yeah. that uh, her partner still is like wanting wanting to uh, have us respect the boundaries of monogamy. Yeah, I quote unquote. I'm gonna stay quiet. 
I fucking know you on are. Air. And you better stay quiet on air. So I haven't like kissed her or anything, but boy, have there been some loaded. Oh. <laughs> I feel like we need to scrap this episode and start over because no. there has been a sound so a second. Much on oh, you. Jesus I'm Christ. so sorry to the listeners. Um, oh my god. No, it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's what? great. This leads uh, me to the yeah, it's a good thing, thing you haven't kissed her because what if she has cooties? <laughs> <laughs> no, this leads me to the real gayest thing, which I've been doing a lot of driving around and parking my car and sitting in my car and being like, gosh, let's listen to some fucking pop punk and talk about the feelings that we have for each other and then not do anything about them. Yeah, that's very gay and pop punk. Thank you. And somewhat infuriating. It's kind of a rare crossover. It, it is. Really is, is it? I don't it's kind of misogynist. It can be, but okay, like listen, a mostly, lot of gays like pop we've punk been a lot. To a lot of uh, like Depeche Mode, actually, mm-hmm. which is not pop punk. That could not be farther from pop punk. My there's friend. some pop punk thrown in there, is all I'm saying okay. as well. Um, you know the pop the, the, the famous the, pop the punk band Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode. Notorious. Um, cool. So you haven't been playing any video games, if I'm not mistaken. So I haven't been playing any video games yeah. because I have been working full time. And then all the times that I'm not working, I have been, um, making choices. About Hannah's your mad at me about I'm not mad. Things. I just don't approve. Hannah doesn't approve of my choice. <laughs> it's not mad. I'm not I mad. Hannah to be cool. I have no emotion about it. Uh, I can't, I don't believe you. I really don't. I don't have any emotion about um, it. I just don't. But I have not just been making those choices. I've also you can have logical feelings of disapproval without feeling an emotion. That might be hard for you to understand as a Virgo, but as an Aquarius, I logically disapprove of almost everything. I fucking know that. <laughs> Listen, as I an am, air sign, I, I, I have a, a standing logical disapproval of this I, world. I genuinely have no regrets about this situation and would not be doing it any other way. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, we can we can do things differently. I'm not, and I'm not. You know, living and throwing stones. But I don't. Here's the <laughs> I'm thing. Not living and throwing stones. Here's the thing. I moved out of the glass house. I don't live in the glass house anymore, Listen, so I can glass throw house stones. It's not always going to be glass. Is the thing the glass house is going to stop being glass sooner or later? Well, it's not how it works. <laughs> Are you implying that the glass sort of calcified and so it's like not yeah. or disintegrated? Now it's a sand house. Well, I'm imagining like the glass it's sort just of like changes the, state. The, the yeah, it changes state. It like drips change? down and turns into like liquid, and then we're all like swimming in a pool. Okay. Like behind um, Bet and Tina's house. That's right. It is Elward Watch 2019, <laughs> babies. We so are last working night, on here's the other gayest thing six. in the world is last night. So we worked, we were working our way through season six, which is to say we watched one episode <laughs> six months ago. Five. And last night we watched the second episode of season six. It was so much, y'all. So much happens in the first episode of season six that we were like surely we've watched like five episodes because even though season six is known to be the worst season I think mm-hmm. that that's why we're insisting that we watch all of season six even yes. though we've kind of skipped through the rest of the show per auto straddles L word uh, like Chi Chi yeah. that is like here's how you watch the L word mm-hmm. in the so least painful way yeah. possible and then last night even though we have not finished this awful television show last night Kai was like Hey, do you want to re-watch the L word? I'm like, bitch, we haven't even watched all of the L word. No, I don't want to fucking do that. So we made yeah. it through one episode last night. And then you went to bed. We were going to watch Oran. Then I played Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is what I've been playing. Let's bring it back to video games. <laughs> That's what this podcast is kind of about. Sure. We can um, pretend. So I got so mad. 
Can we pretend it's in the name of the podcast? I'm, I'm telling a joke about how ineffective I am at do, being in this podcast. Oh, yeah, how you haven't played a video game in 25 years. I am going to need to play a video game here soon. You got to play a game, dog. I wanted to play one the other day, but then you had the Switch because you keep taking it everywhere with you. It's in my bedroom. Oh, really? Yeah. I looked everywhere. It's in my room. Oh, <laughs> it's on my bedside table. I guess I didn't look you there. You dongus. Maybe it was a day that I was out and about with it. I think it was. But uh, let's, let's play Melee on the Switch. <laughs> um, so your video game. So I finished Banner Saga 3, and the ending was actually pretty anticlimactic. Uh, it, the game oh, felt really, really short and rushed, I oh. thought. Banner Saga 3, the third one. Because uh, it, it feels like they ran out of money or something. It's a darn shame. Because uh, it, it felt a little sudden. Um, and a little, not like a total letdown. It just felt a little like, oh, okay, the game's over now. But other than that, it is a perfect series of games. Yeah, it's so I, booking I'm good. I'm partially done with the second one. Um, the second one is amazing. And I love it so yeah. far. It's the third incredible. one is also really good. I just felt like it ended kind of abruptly, but you mm. might disagree. I, might. Um, we'll I think you can also, you can play it really different. The third one has the most like immediate choices where you can play the oh, game really differently. I bet differently. you anything, I'll make it, different choices. Yeah, it you. introduces a really interesting mechanic like halfway through the game. Um, and it tells, it's just, Banner Saga is such an incredible example of like, it just tells a story so interestingly. interestingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it is so, so good. It's, yeah, it is, it is not perfect by any means. I mean, it's super heteronormative. Yeah. Um, and, but it, it, it tells a story, it's, yeah, it's just really incredible storytelling and really amazingly well written and amazingly well composed by my neighbor growing up. Yeah, Austin which is Mitchell. still so weird to me. It's yeah, it's wild. Uh, maybe someday I'll like see him at some, I don't know, video cul-de-sac reunion or video game conference. He'll be like, "Hey, you uh, grew up on my block, on my cul-de-sac." And he'll it, be the like, suburbs I don't, don't have blocks; they have cul-de-sacs. You at all? Well, yeah, he wouldn't. Uh, but he'd be he'd be like, "Yeah," I'd be like, "I live in this house." And he'd be like, I lived in this house. And we'd be like, so, so chill. Your parents were at my high school graduation party, is what I would say to him. Uh-huh. Um, you're an award-winning video game composer. And we're from, we're cut from the same cloth, you and I. Something in the water in South Willow Court. Video game juice was in the water. Guys, looking me so upset. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, it's called podcasting, Kyle. Look it up. All right. Um, and I might have mentioned this. I don't remember. I on the I did on the Kingdom Hearts episode mm-hmm. that I got so mad at Kingdom Hearts three that I just went and started playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah, I remember, and then you and I've been playing. Odyssey's great. Well, I didn't realize. I just I, mean, you re- I just re pick it up. It's yeah. the best fucking game. It's mm. so good. I've done nothing but play excellent video games. So this past couple weeks, such as Banner Saga, mm, good, uh, and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the best game. I'm like seventy something hours in now. I have not gotten to the Olympics yet because that's so in the main quest the and I haven't progressed the main. There's Olympics. Uh, it's ancient Greece, dog. No, I have played a video game. I've been playing Banner Saga too. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the past two weeks. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I'm so proud of you. But I've been playing Thank the you. fuck out of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I and I, I fought a real ass Minotaur last night. Um, wow. Which is, as Cassandra says, when she sees it, she goes, holy shit, that's the Malaki's Minotaur. Ass Minotaur. Ass Minotaur. Um, Malakis is not... The word ass isn't in that. You said a real ass Minotaur. Oh, yeah. I Okay. You just said ass Minotaur way too far after. 
way too late after I'd said every last minute. Uh, I'm a couple. I'm a couple seconds delay. I've got like a Bluetooth 30. headset in. <laughs> You've got a Bluetooth headset in your fucking life, dog. I know. Kai gets one high five sticker. Uh-huh. One high five sticker for me. Um, but Assassin's Creed Odyssey is maybe the best game ever made. It's not, but it's amazing. It's a gorgeous video uh-huh. game. Uh huh. And I was leaving when I was leaving. Um. Uh, the bike cafe the other day because mm-hmm. that's where I hang out. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to the two folks working. We just had like a long conversation on my way out the door, like a 20 minute conversation about video games and about how Breath of the Wild is possibly the best video game ever made. And you I know, would die on that hill. I just kind of got this desire to play Breath of the Wild just now. It's fucking the best game in, ever. I like when I think about it, I'm like, I'll wow, that's it. one of the best games. That's maybe the best game. I mean, here's the thing. All Zelda games are amazing, whether or not you agree. They're all very good. Mm. Even bad Zelda games are good. Like mm. Skyward Sword wasn't that great, but mm-hmm. it's still good. It's better than a lot of video games by virtue of being a Zelda game. Mm. Did it make me want to... Is it like one of the two games ever that's made me want to throw my controller into a river? Uh, yes, absolutely. Is the other one the SpongeBob video game? Yeah, that's the one that actually made me break a controller yeah, on a concrete floor. Yeah, we talked about that And on the I didn't... Before. When I played Skyward Sword, I did not break controllers because I was sort of an adult. I was a freshman in college. Um, but I did... It made me want to die like I wanted you to grew up so fast I did <laughs> <laughs> I really did my junior year of college I literally snapped a... <laughs> I I pushed the two handles of the controller towards each other until it snapped in half sending shards of plastic and CPU into my face uh, when I was playing wow. Dark Souls well yeah because I skipped this one boss that if you skip it when it first shows up, it comes back in a much more inconvenient place later. Oh, that's oh, a bummer. No. And then it's you're in you know. mud, so you can't run away. This is in the third one. Mm. So if you don't fight it on the bridge, you'll later have to fight it in a bunch of mud, which means you can't run or mm. roll. Uh, and it just becomes very, very difficult. The thing about Aaron, yeah. the two things about Aaron. Number one, I haven't he's done that very in strong. a long time. He's a very strong young he's man. He's a strong young man. Number two. Um... Number two is uh, when he used to live in our house with us, um, Hannah would sometimes be kept up late into the night because Aaron would be very upset at Dark Souls, the video game. <laughs> the souls are too dark. The souls yes. are too dark, Aaron. I think we talked about this one before. Yeah, we, yeah, we've yeah, talked about this I was, I was literally hissing. <laughs> you weren't even yelling. You were hissing so loud I could hear it through the wall. <laughs> well, because I'm actually not, I like never, like, some people like break stuff. Like that's the, the really the only time I've done that. Uh, but that was the only time. That, that was the time the souls were too dark. That yeah. was the time the souls were truly too dark. The darkest, generally, the darkest I'm souls. someone who yells when darkness. annoyed at a video game. <laughs> yeah, but I couldn't do that. <laughs> so I was, was, I, was I was trying to hold it in. So yes, I hissed like a snake. Um, because I'm an insane person. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do. I yell. Yeah. The game that I swear at more than any other game, I think. Uh, when I'm playing it as Pokemon Coliseum mm. is the game where I, I just yell swear the most. Because normally when I play video games, I'm very quiet. You yell square? Yell swear. Oh. Yeah, I just yell swear. Swear! <laughs> swear to me! I, um... Oh? Swear to me, Rachel! <laughs> where is she? She started real I know, but I... That I can only it, yeah, it's true. Do so much with the t- the tenor the t- timber of voice that I have. Just pretend like you're a hardcore vocalist. Swear, like I can't. I just physically can't do that. Swear to me. Swear to me. Ooh. Yeah. 
Henry's uh, in band. Where are the drums going? Yeah, Henry is a metal vocalist, among other things. Um, <laughs> I like Henry's in bands. Better. Henry's That's in much bands. more general and Henry Band. Um, <laughs> my coworker Aaron does that all the time, and every time he says every time he has a client named Rachel, he wants to go, Rachel, where is she? Do the clients get it? He doesn't do it because oh, he knows oh, the clients oh, oh, oh. won't get it. Yeah, okay, good. Because that's from a, a movie that was okay, <laughs> and nobody yeah, no. remembers all that well. Totally. So anyway, well, yeah. what were you saying about um, video games? I like Coliseum, <laughs> Pokemon Coliseum. <laughs> like you yell at it. I yell, like yell, swear, yeah, like I, yeah, I, yeah. I loud, like curse at Pokemon Coliseum. Have I ever yell, swear at a video game? Uh, not that I remember. I don't think I do. We need to play a very frustrating game. I mean, obviously, I swear at Smash. Um, when we're playing, I swear at you while we play competitive video games yeah. because you're so infuriating because you refuse to be like, when you're kicking my ass, you're like, I don't know. It's just luck, I guess. <laughs> and I know, fucking makes, makes me so mad. mad. <laughs> the chip makes me so mad. Henry is making gestures of agreement behind Kai oh, that they're so like, funny. So, excuse me. Uh, like Z the time is like, that I kicked Henry's ass around you. <laughs> yeah, and the whole time you were like, I don't know. I'm not that oh, good at games. Oh, I just, it's no. just lucky. Fuck and Mario came Party. out of nowhere behind Henry and did something terrible to him. Kai is so him. good. Fuck Mario Party. I have never I completed a game of Mario me. Party because it is either frozen when I was ahead or, as usually happens, I roll ones and zeros the entire fucking time, land on every Bowser square, and that's I get so... so gent of you. And then... <laughs> so what? I said that's so gent of you. I don't know what that means. I don't... Never mind. Okay. Well, anyway, whatever that means. I, that, that happens a lot, and then people, because I had... Uh, you know, a, a very teasing friend group growing up, mm. uh, people would like laugh every time I would do one of those things and then I would inevitably get to the point where they pushed me too far and I would unplug the system. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd be asked no. to go home but I wouldn't feel bad. I, okay. I did this. That's kind of like when I was a kid and my stepbrother and I would play board games. Risk? And, no, we didn't ever play Risk. Okay. I've never played Risk, Risk except on my thing. phone. Um... But my stepbrother and I would play board, any board game, and if I was losing, because I'm two and a half years younger than he was, so just by virtue of him being older and having a, a brain that processes information better, he would beat me in most board games. Mm -hmm. now, except for Scrabble, where I've always kicked his ass, and every time I kick his ass, he accuses me of cheating and doesn't want to mm -hmm. play anymore as an adult. When we were kids, uh, I played board game, we would play board games, and every time I was losing, I would pretend to be really tired and want to go to bed <laughs> every time. That's good. That's that a good, good Isn't that a good one? Yeah. We're like, nah, I'm tired. I can't finish this. Young. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's abusive childhoods teach you to lie really young. Um, That's was a gonna... less fun ditty than our tabletop potluck ad. Tabletop potluck, it's also a podcast. We think that you'll like it a lot. Why don't oh, we, no. why don't we hear that ad right now? <laughs> okay. Tabletop Potluck is a diverse actual play podcast showcasing the wide world of pen and paper role-playing games. Whether you're an experienced player or a newbie, you're welcome to sit at our table and see what we've brought to the potluck. Tabletop Potluck is one of our favorite podcasts, okay. and they have previously been guests on our show before, and we just love them very much, and we're very excited that they're in our lives. Um, I think that if you like any sort of like pen and paper role-playing games, or you're gay, or you're both of those things, 
you should probably check out this podcast. Uh Uh-huh. I wrote a little jingle for them. Tabletop Potluck, it's also a podcast. We think that you'll like it a lot. And... Uh... So, so that's the world of video games. Uh, Malakis basically means like, it's like a general Greek curse word. Mm-hmm. It means like asshole or like the fucking minotaur, but it's just like a general, it's like how, from what I've he- heard in French, like zut is just like a general curse word. It can mean anything. Oh, that's you nice. You can use it in a lot of contexts and the same as Malakis. I, I like think that that it exists. literally means like bad, I don't know, bad luck or something like that. Um... Because mal is, in most languages, is bad, uh, coming from the Greek. Um, but what's really cool, this is a, a, a fun Assassin's Creed Odyssey Greek thing. What are you doing on your phone? Put it down. I'm, You're recording I've a ordered, podcast. I've ordered a lift for somebody. I'm making sure they get in it. Okay. <laughs> um, I uh, So I'm learning Greek on Duolingo, which is a slow but nevertheless fruitful prod. Uh, uh, project. Yes. I cannot recommend Duolingo highly enough. I think it's a wonderful app, and it's so cool that you can do and it for it's free. free. Yeah. yeah, I pay for it because I think it's it's worth it for me to like be able to not have to worry about like losing lives or whatever. But like, you can do it for free, and that's fucking rad. Um, anybody anybody who provides any free education is somebody I'm really fucking on board with. Yeah, hundred percent, dude. Um, especially for language learning because that's so important and like. As it says on Duolingo, more people are learning languages on Duolingo than are in the American public school system. Because America's a garbage country. Does it really say that? Is that uh-huh. really true? Yeah, I think it's true. That's ridiculous. Yeah. There are also more people learning Irish on Duolingo than there are native Irish speakers in the world, which is fucking tight. It's helping, and it teaches some indigenous languages too, oh, and like endangered nice. languages, so it's helping like preserve language, which I think is the fucking tightest. Anyway, so it's really cool to like, like I hadn't played Odyssey in like a couple months or whatever while I'd been studying Greek, mm-hmm. and now all of the dialogue in the world doesn't just sound like gibberish to me. Like, I can pick out a word here and there. And that's really fucking cool, and that makes me feel good. That is so cool. That, like, it doesn't, like, just hearing it... I mean, when you learn a language or whatever, like, you don't get to read anything in Greek in this, and I can, like, sound out Greek words and know the alphabet at this point. Um, There are, like, three different letters that make the sound E, and I can't tell... I still don't know when to use which. Sure. So if you speak Greek... Uh, fucking send me a DM so you can explain to me when you use Iota and when you use Ita and when you use the other one because I don't understand. But anyway, like not like especially in the songs or whatever, but like when I can clearly hear people, like I can pick out a word here and there mm. and that makes me feel great. That's amazing. I'm really proud yeah, of you, It makes dude. me feel great and Greek. Great, great, mm-hmm. Greek. Greek. Kalo ke elenica. That's what it makes me feel. What does that mean? Good and Greek. Are you, um, do you want a podcast or are you still on your phone? No, I do want a podcast. I'm sorry. I'm, I have, I have plans and I'm just ensuring that everything is going according to them. I know, but we're mid-podcast I know, right I'm now. sorry. <laughs> um, and you're very distracted by your So phone. I do want to talk about, uh, our, our topic for Who this Who do you week. think you are, me? Yeah. Yeah. I do, actually. <laughs> but Aaron's job isn't to host the podcast. Yours Dwight. is. I'm aware. I'm aware. Um, so I want to talk about our main topic for this week, mm-hmm. which is um, we talked about trans stuff already as you and I, as you mentioned to me earlier, and as you and I and the listeners and Aaron all know. I mean, we'll talk about trans stuff all the time, but like we had a uh, last month, our big queer topic was very gender focused. Yes. Uh, and this month it will be as well. Yes. 
but and differently. Something that um, I has been on my mind and on my plate and just in my world recently has been uh, being trans in interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. and like what that means and how that works. And I've been like there. There's been times when I've been trying to sort of like conceive a show surrounding that, and you know, that's the future or whatever. Um, but I've had some interesting and unique and upsetting occurrences recently that have just kind of uh, made, me, made me be considering this a lot more. And I'm always curious constantly to hear your thoughts on any sorts of things like this. But um, I don't know. Something that I've been... Yes? Do you... I, well, I, you keep talking. I was going to ask if you wanted to speak more specifically to the experience. Yeah, I was, I was definitely thinking about it. Um, there... Fuck, I lost the other thing that I was going to say. Oh, yes, I remember. So recently I went on a uh, date with this trans person, also trans. I am trans. Hello. Um, uh, we, yeah. And thank you. Yes. That's um, a, a well-established part of the canon. I know. It's just, it has to continue. Um, and I, we got into this conversation about trans stuff and she, uh, said to me a, a couple of things, but I think the, the main gist of it um, is even though, like, she is also trans, she still was incapable of viewing my identity the way that I view my identity because she was stuck in a very binary notion of mm-hmm. what being trans is and can be and what my identity is and has the possibility of being, like, basing it off of pheromones and secondary sex characteristics. Oh, gross. You didn't tell me um, that that's what she was saying. Well, because I was really shook up about this and yeah. did not want to talk about it for a couple of days because it really fucked me up and then yeah. I processed a lot of it in therapy. Ew. It was like, it was really um, viscerally upsetting. Yeah. Um, and like, just something that's been really interesting me recently and this is not indicative of a larger trend, but I've been trying to, um, like, date more trans people and, like, go out and hang out with more trans people. And across the board, I have had fewer... I've had very different interactions and relationships with, like, cis women and trans people as a whole. My apologies. Um... It was just gesturing on the table. That was bad. Uh, it wasn't that you were gesturing. It's that you were pounding your finger on the table. <laughs> yeah, like I said, we need a separate table. Uh-huh. Yeah, we do. Um, or you need to just do it like in your hand. Okay. Away yes. from or the microphone. Or we can microphone. get us some foam. Yeah, let's get some foam. Separately, let's get some foam. Yeah, completely Flum separately fucking from all rules. Let's get no. Do they still make foam? Look it up. I don't know. So they Aaron, have... look it up. Look up what they make foam. I'll look up foam. Thank you. Google foam. So, um... Can you buy foam in 2019? I feel going. like... You can make your own foam. Oh! I've, According to parentingchaos.com. Okay, okay, sorry. No, that's okay. I feel like I've had, like, more positive dating experiences with cis women than other trans people. Interesting. And that's very upsetting to me hmm. because I've, like, really gone out of my way to try to, like, be with more trans people and spend more time with more trans people and I'm curious about why that 
is. Mm -hmm. I will point out, I mean, maybe this is not true, but as far as I know recently that your sample size for having dated trans people has been one person. No, it definitely hasn't. Um, It's been more than one person. That you've been on dates with recently? Not recently, but But I've dated a lot more trans people than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, okay. And... I don't know. That just, uh, I feel like that has to come from some sort of inner phobia on my part as well as inner phobias on their parts because totally. there's a lot of discussion in the community or at least in the communities that I'm a part of, which is like, it's really cool to date other trans people for a lot of reasons because you have somebody who understands your experiences in a way that like a cis person cannot and you're able to, you know, maybe trust them with your body a little bit more because they understand it in a way that a cis person cannot. And a lot of times there's a lot more openness there. Um, and also, you both are dealing with the same internalized struggle and, like, the internalized transphobia and the way that that uniquely affects trans bodies mm-hmm. and how that can be, like painful to see reflected another person and then you respond to that like reflection where if you're dating a cis person there's going to be more like misunderstanding and less connection over a shared identity however you are not going to see the pain of existing in a trans body reflected in that cis person and that has just made me kind of uh think about what it is that I'm bringing to the table Hmm. like as a trans person who is dating people um and it's not anything bad or I think anything wrong with me necessarily and I think that I've worked really hard on like internalized transphobia but I also think that um our community is in a very tough place right now and we're going to be seeing a lot of trans folks who are in a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've been, you know, experiencing in my own friend group and such, as well as that, as well as like in the show that we're doing and stuff. And that's mm-hmm. something that I really feel comfortable dealing with. But if you are going to take out your internalized transphobia on me and my body, that's just not something that I'm going to put up with. No, that sucks ass. Um, I guess what I was pointing out, it's not, I was not saying that I know that you've dated other trans people in your life. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Um, I'm just saying that like, you have not been a person who has been dating in years. Yeah. Like, you kind of dated that one person, but it was, like, not really dating in the interim. So you really haven't dated anybody yeah. since uh, your very evil, abusive ex. I'm sorry, our very evil, abusive Yeah, but, ex. yes. But for the <laughs> sake of this conversation, I was just saying, we're talking about you. Yeah. Uh, my trauma is a separate thing. And, uh, so I'm just saying, like, you are sort of in a new phase, like, three years out from having dated. No, so definitely. in your, in, what I was pointing out is just, like, in your, and you're in a very new and different identity for yourself. Yes. So in your sort of current iteration of you, your sample size for having dated a trans person versus a cis person is one and one. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's just, and I, I know that you're not like closing yourself up to experience, and I can't oh, like tell you how to not. live. I'm just saying, like, I would, I would hesitate to reserve, or like, I would, I reserve I'm judgment. Not judging an entire community based on this. No, this I know is you're not. Just a uh, sort of like call out statement because this is something that I've seen myself do and seen other people in this community do, and that 
that sucks that we're still enforcing the mm-hmm. gender binary oh, totally. on other people yeah. in our community is basically what I'm getting at here, especially in like physically intimate relationships. Like that's just the worst place to be fucking doing that. And I'm not absolving cis people of any of that mm-hmm. because God help them. It's God help them. God, God help them. It's no good. But like, man, that really sucks to like see that coming from people that you would consider to be your people. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah, I, and the, I mean, I understand why you didn't. I'm not like bemoaning the fact that you didn't tell me the details. But what I had assumed, because when you came home from that bad date with that person who was not very nice to you, uh, you were like, you were telling, you were sort of in a tizzy, I will say. I, I was. And you were saying, like, oh, I've been really reckless with my identity and, like, I have no right to identify as trans feminine and blah, blah, blah. Like, you were you were internalizing what she had said. Yes. To yourself. Completely. Um, and in that moment, I sort of, I'm not, like, being like, yay, hero me, but I sort of talked you down and was like, it was one person. She doesn't speak for the whole trans feminine community. And also, you, I think, have enough internalized shame in yourself that you are liable... And like your your anxiety is like eager to believe when oh, somebody yeah. says well, you're invalid. It, it comes from a place of thinking that all other trans people are more trans than me and more valid. Well, yeah, than you me, you live a life where I you know. think everybody else is more valid. Yes. Than you. However, in this specific instance, I'm referring to trans people, yeah. and especially I think that trans feminine people and trans women are much more valid in their identities than me because I feel like. I'm on very shaky ground as identifying as trans, period, let alone mm-hmm. trans feminine. Well, that's, I and think you're... That's not yeah. true, I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's how your... Because your anxiety is constantly is. playing the oppression Olympics. Yes, most definitely. Um, and it makes it even more difficult for me to uh, stand my ground or even, like, stay okay when somebody else starts playing the oppression Olympics with me because then I'm just like, you're totally right. Yeah, I'm a you're piece like of shit. Yeah, yeah, and you come home all upset. Yeah, not like I wasn't like oh, you're all upset. It's just like you were really upset. And I, upset. what I had assumed is that she was telling you, and I don't I mean this is true or not that I she was telling you that you can't be trans feminine because you're AFAB. No, uh, actually, she was not saying that directly. She, in fact, directly said. I'm working on understanding how people who are AFAB can identify as trans feminine. However, every other statement that she made surrounding that statement said the exact opposite of Mm -hmm. that. So it's like when you say something and then don't mean that thing at all and say a bunch of things that Mm -hmm. disregard the thing that you just said. And it's it's totally, yeah, it's totally possible that she is, or she thinks at least that she's working on understanding, but like where she's at in her journey of understanding right now is is harmful to you and is not being particularly understanding at all and not necessarily like, like if she was stating like her, her notions as the way that things are and not like, like... I know I'm on a journey of understanding and this is like for me with like fat phobia, like I know I'm on a journey of understanding and this is where I'm, I understand that this is not a good thing to think or whatever, but like, it's how I feel right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And like body acceptance and fat phobia. And like, so it's a similar thing, but it would be different if I was saying like, I'm working to understand how being fat can be healthy which is something that, like, as a person being raised where, like, fat was the worst thing you can be is something I have to work to understand. Like, intellectually, I, I understand how that can be the case, but, like, worldview, emotional-wise, I, I, it is so incompatible with my brain. 
And I don't like that it's that way. And I'm really working hard to make it not that way, but it's, it's really ingrained deep. And that would be different if I was just like, I'm working to understand that being fat can be healthy and being fat is disgusting. Like I'm working to understand this and I'm going to say this thing as though it is a resolute fact. Yeah. Um, is different than like, I know that I'm working to decolonize my own and like unlearn my own fat phobia and this is a thing that I don't, I wish I didn't think, or like, I wish I didn't feel. And I intellectually don't agree with, but I do feel it. And I, I want to work through that. Like mm-hmm. those are very different ways to present the same information. So it sucks that she's, it feels like where she's at in her journey from what you were telling me, like yeah. she was both, I want to try to understand and I'm going to state these things as though they are true. Well, not even saying I want to try to understand, saying I, am. I do understand. Oh, okay, because you were saying that she was saying she was trying to understand. Well, yeah, saying I'm trying to understand by saying I do understand. You know what I mean? Like, I, no, I don't. Like, like saying. Did she say I do understand, or she's saying I'm she trying? She said to I under- do understand, but that made it very clear that she did not. Okay, so she didn't say she was trying to understand. She thinks she's already yes. understanding. Yeah, those are very different statements. Well, no, she both said at. She said two sentences. Okay, I'm oh, trying okay. to understand, and I do understand. Okay. That was not clear. Yes, how I you am aware that of that. That's why I wanted to clarify that. Thank yeah. you. Um, it matters less specifically what she said and more the way that it made me feel. Oh, 100%. Moment. Yeah. And I just forgot my train of thought. But anyway. It was important, I'm it sure. Was, it was very important. I'm absolutely positive. No, I mean, I think that something that is, I don't know, going on for both of us right now is deconstructing our own ideas of what our bodies are and why and the societal conditions that relate to that basically is Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking about. Um, Yeah, I I wanted to talk about being trans in their personal relationships also because that requires uh, a whole additional conversation that you don't have to have as a cis person mm-hmm, when you're totally. like dating people even 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 if it's another trans person mm-hmm. um because all of our bodies are so different and mm-hmm. there are such like specific things tied to I- existing like as an embodied trans person um and it's it's a constant conversation with like any possible partner that you have that's like this is what this is for me. And like, this is what this feels like. And mm-hmm. this is, this is what we have to do about yeah. that. Especially if, yeah. In sexual partnerships, like I think yeah. related to, but even like outside of transness, like I think a lot of cis people are really not good at or at a place in their like evolution of themselves of being like, this is my body and this is how it is. And this is how it behaves and how I am sexually. Mm-hmm. And this is what I want. Yeah. Like that's something that I think a lot, a lot of, like it's, it's a, it's, there's another layer when you're trans, but I think in general, it's really, really difficult for people like whoever you are to be like, this is how my body functions as a sexual body. And this is, you know, the specific ways that it works. And, but I'm historically really bad at being like that, like Mm -hmm. a really bad at being like, like to, I mean, to be explicit, like this is how you touch me to make me come or like, this is where my clit is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm really bad at saying that. Cause I get so ashamed and embarrassed about like the way that my anatomy works or whatever. Like I have a lot of shame surrounding my anatomy and my genitalia and whatever. And that's something that like is really, really hard for me to like ask for what I want during sex because I 
am so uncomfortable talking about it at all. Even to my partner who I'm currently in the act of having sex with, it still feels like I feel so much shame surrounding talking about like my body and my anatomy and sex. And I think that has to do with gender certainly, but it's also something that like, I think a lot of people, especially people like socialized as women, struggle with a lot. I do want to say um, I have elected to stop using the term socialized as woman or socialized as man because I feel like that multifaceted, that can both be a stand-in for a lot of turf ideology, which is not to say that's what you're saying, but also it is not allowing for the gray area that is gendered socialization. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because something that... um, Julia Serrano writes about is the fact that um, if you are just use this as an example because she is if you are a trans woman you're not being socialized as a man because you aren't a man and even like before you're out like your internalized experience might not necessarily be one that of woman like like ContraPoint says like she wasn't always a woman um, but it's definitely not that of a man so, right yeah. so that's that's my that's my issue and then the world like what we are discounting when we're saying socialized as woman or socialized as man is that the world may treat you as that but you're also not that but also similarly and differently also similarly and differently i'm gonna touch my leg not the table um the primary conception of who I am, people would say you were socialized as a woman when that could not be farther from the truth because right. I was not perceived as nor socialized right. as a woman. And additionally, I did not perceive myself as a woman, nor was I socialized right. as a Right, but that's, so you I'm, had a very different experience from I did. But not everyone has an experience that is so different from mine. So I just well, I feel agree. like it's a dangerous road to go down when we get... Well, I wasn't, what that. I'm saying is like, I wasn't saying that like socialized as a woman means AFAB at all. Because I'm aware I, of that. I know that you weren't, socialized a woman and I was and so like to me socialized as a woman means just that it's like or socialized femininely like there's I mean I just want better words for it not like from you but just in general I would really like to have better words for it that aren't so this way like it's so simplifying when in reality it's not you also didn't get socialized as a woman in the ways that other people who are women got socialized right like I'm not saying that there's a, a, a a like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a monolithic or like a, a the monolithic like female experience. Yeah, that there is a yeah, there is one not. singular experience of being socialized as a woman. So let's like be specific about the socialization that you're referring to when you're referring to this. Uh, like you, I'm I'm talking about people who were told that they can't know their own body. Like I'm talking about that socialization. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people are taught that, but I think the way that like, I think, yes, we had very different experiences, but, like, the way that, like, sex ed is taught is, like, if you have this kind of body and if you have this kind of body. And the way that sex ed is taught in schools, by and large, is you have a woman's body or a man's body. If you have a vagina, you have a woman's body, which is not true, but it's the way that it's taught. And so I think that, I don't know, I just think there is something to being, like, the the messages of, like, you know, you have to shave your legs or you have to fucking do this and this and this and you have to be very clean and you have to, like, do this, like, are very different for people who are, like, even though you weren't 
socialized as a woman in a lot of ways. I think in a lot of ways you were. Yes, I don't deny that at all. Yeah. I definitely was. And so I'm not saying like you were only socialized as a woman, but in some ways, in some very important ways, you were socialized as a woman and you're taught to like be demure and not speak up and like I'm just saying not it feels talk simplifying back. to me because that that's not that's not the way that it is. It but it is and it isn't. Like in some ways it is the way that it is. But we need to have a better way to conceptualize of that and distinguish between those two things because it just feels like such a slippery slope these days for me to be saying phrases like that. Like I would much rather say socialized like as demure if you're talking about it in that specific context. Because- yeah, but it, it's it's a lot of things that are wrapped up in the package of how to be a woman. Like yeah, I think and that I'm not those are not that. I think that that's real and true. It's like you're not just socialized to be demure, you're socialized to be demure because you are seen as a woman. Like, that's what I'm saying is, like, because you are seen as a woman, you are taught to be this way. I understand your point. I just can't agree with that phrasing anymore. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I, I think there's something to it. Like, if you are seen by the world as a woman, you are taught either implicitly or explicitly certain things in America or in, you know, the the, the white middle-class suburban families in which we grew up. Yeah, but that's even the other thing, is, like, getting socialized as a white woman and getting socialized as a black woman are two entirely totally. different socializations. Yeah, and I, so, okay, so I can be, be more specific. No, I know. I can, we, I can be more specific in that way, but I think, like, there is a way that you are seen as a woman as a, of a certain class, or and even if you are not a woman, but, like, a way that you are seen as a woman of a certain, like, class or race or whatever, like... That is, there's a way to be a woman or to be like a white middle-class woman that you and I were taught in a lot of ways. I don't disagree that there is a hegemonic conception of what a white middle-class woman looks like and should be like and should do. Right. And so I'm saying in a lot of ways you and I were socialized that way. I'll accept this for now, but that's just because I can't conceive of what my next point would be in relationship with that. That's fair. I'm not saying like I'm right or you're wrong I'm just I don't think you're right and I also uh want to explore that more later when I have more yeah knowledge about what and I, I don't think you're wrong way. I just don't think it's fair to say I'm completely wrong like I'm just defending my point even though I don't think like like it's not an either or like I think no I know that's what I'm saying like it needs to allow for more of a gray area because right. I think that there's more of a gray area no I do think there's a gray area so let's stop arguing continue with your point because I don't think we're arguing podcast. even like I think it is I mean I think it's all part of the discussion like I think that there is a gray area and in some ways there is a very much shared experience by people who are raised as like quote unquote little girls I need to investigate that more okay I understand that, and I stand by what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I've sort of lost my thread in terms of what I was saying. Uh, you were talking about like sexual identity. And oh yeah, and I think yeah, I think yeah. So anyway, I was just saying that like it's 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 hard. It's not again. I'm not saying in contrast to anything else. I'm just saying yes, and I think it is a thing that a lot of people are taught, and then. And there is this separate layer, like the first time that my lover, Lasagna, and I had sex, she said something like, I've never been with a cis woman before. And I was like, I'm not. Um, and she apologized and like, we've talked about gender and stuff. And again, this was 
like the very first time we had sex it was like our you know third or fourth date we didn't know each other all that well um and so and I in no way hold it against her but it was kind of a bizarre thing to like I think my I can't remember I think my okay Cooper profile said I'm gender fluid I don't remember but uh it was kind of a weird thing for her to assume just based on like my body or whatever um, and so it definitely adds a layer of like, in that moment, I felt uncomfy even, and like, s- not like scared, but like being like, well, I mean, I'm not, but like, I get what you mean. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, totally. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a problem that already exists just by having a body and being raised in like the puritanical American culture that we're raised in. Yeah. Um, but it's also like. Yeah, there's, like, a separate layer of, like, well, and there's this other thing. And, like, I personally haven't put that much thought into – it's something I'm sort of thinking about. I mean, like, obviously I'm demisexual, but, like, I haven't put that much thought into, like – because I've been exploring my gender a lot more recently than my sexuality, yeah. I haven't put a lot of thought into, like, how my gender and my gender identity works in relationship to the way that I want to have sex at all. I've put, like, basically no thought into oh, it. Oh, that's a fascinating topic of thought. I'll yeah. tell you what. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. But yeah, it's something that I'm going to start thinking about. Yeah. Um, but it's something that I haven't really thought or like to talk to my lover lasagna about. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And, and she's wonderful and she helps me. I feel very safe with her processing a lot of stuff um, in that way. So like, yeah, it's something that I, I guess I'm excited to explore in a lot of ways. I am. Um, something that's really interesting to me is the way that... Um, like, we already knew this, but, like, the trans experience is so fucking wide and varied, and it's a very different thing to be a trans person who is not medically transitioning in relationship with one who is, because there is almost, in a way that is reminiscent to me of femme identity versus butch identity for sapphic folks, like when you're femme, people are like, "Oh, you're obviously straight. Like you look straight or whatever." And you're like, "Oh, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, not at all. I'm like big ass lesbian. You're literally just not seeing what I'm here with." Yeah. Um. And then fucking you know butches get like the the brunt of like a lot of um, uh, like hate crimes or like mm-hmm. homophobic like attacks or stuff like that. And that just kind of reminds me of like our shared experiences because when people who I uh, have seen like post-medical transition like see me or like see my body uh, it's it's nobody would ever be like oh you're as a cis woman like you feel this way yeah. and I'm like oh no I'm not it's, it's like as a trans person that's gross that you look like that or mm-hmm. like that's that's you know wrong in some capacity yeah and that's just um Neither neither one feels good because both is like actively identity erasing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because kind of what you were saying with like butch and femme is like, excuse me. Um, I feel like femmes are a lot more likely to be erased. Yes, which is a type of violence and it hurts. Is, yes, hurts like shit. Horrifying. Uh, and you know, I know we have femme queer friends who have been actively told by partners, by savic partners, that they're not gay enough. Yes. Yep. Which is a fucking buck wild thing to say to another yeah. person. Like I can't ever, even in my whole like journey. God damn it! Sorry, I have a lot of burps. No, it's all right. 
my whole like journey of sexuality, I can't, there are some things where I'm like, yeah, I was really shitty once I could have said that. Yeah. I don't even have the hiccups. I just have the urge to continually burp. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but like there are some things, yeah, where I'm like, I can envision having said that or I did say that and it was really shitty cause I was unevolved. Yeah. Um, but there are something like that is something that I cannot envision me ever having said no, to I another know, human being. That's fucking wild. Um, but it's a similar thing. Like you just said, this is just basically rephrasing it and me thinking about it, but like where I'm much more likely to be erased, mm-hmm. I think, and be like, well, you're obviously a cis woman or whatever. Yeah. Uh, whereas you're much more likely to be a target of like butchers are more t- uh, probably like walking down the street. Somebody is much just, just walking down the street. Somebody's much more likely to yell faggot at me than at my lover lasagna, yeah. but they are much more likely to sexually harass my lover lasagna than they are me. Yeah. Um, and they are much more likely to look at my lover lasagna and be like, well, you're not gay or like, you're obviously straight. She yeah. says that she's been getting a lot more like dyke nods and like, you're obviously gay of late. And I think it's because of her wild dyed eyebrows. Yeah. I think that'll do And that's it. not something a lot of straight people do. No, it's And she's not. about to have, rain- we're about to both have rainbow hair for pride. So that'll help a lot. Oh, you've stolen my hair. I haven't stolen your fucking hair. You don't have the monopoly on rainbow hair. Um, you do not. Something that uh, <sighs> I was... Um... Also, you gave up your hair. I can't steal something that you gave I up. I was going to get it back for pride. Um, well, then also get it back for pride. It's just, okay. Um, so anyway... We have different something, haircuts. Something that I was just thinking about... Um, that trade of thought that I almost lost is, uh, yes. And yeah, different, different struggles come from being like forcibly erased as well as like, um, uh, forcibly, um, politicized, like your body is seen as like a thing. So a couple of things, um, not, it's different from Femmes and Butches because also being visibly trans makes you more likely to be sexually assaulted. Totally. Yeah. I'm, it was, I know, I know it's a different thing. I just wanted to bring that up. Um, and on a similar length, and I think this is the last thing that I want to say on the subject because we're running out of time. Well, we, um, I mean, yeah, we have... Well, yes. I have to be somewhere, um, and Fair. I'm late already. Uh, so something that I've recently reaffirmed for myself is I personally am of the belief that you queer people have a right to reclaim queer slurs that are used against them. That's it. If a slur is used against you and you are a part of the community that is associated with that slur in a loose-ish way, you have a right to reclaim that slur. Um, And uh, we'll see how far I go with this because I think that uh, there's recent discussion in the community about only gay men have the right to reclaim the word faggot. Disagree. And I disagree with that very strongly because I've been called that more than Dyke ever in my whole life. Oh, yeah. I've been called faggot um, in a really hateful way yeah, multiple repeatedly. times. Like, that's the word that people use at me before they, like, punch me in the face. Yeah. So, like, I mean, what yeah, are you Yeah, fa- I think that's also a really myopic view, I assume, by gay men of the notion that only gay men get called faggot, which has never been true. Well, similarly, I was recently told um, that I do not have the right to reclaim the word tranny when that has been the word that has been hurled at me on the street and also hurled at me before beer cans. And yes. So like, I'm pretty positive that I have the right to reclaim a word that has been used against me. Mm -hmm. And that just, um, it, it really hurts 
as in with both with both slurs to have to be told by members of my community and people who I would think have my back that those experiences weren't Stop doing that on the table. That those experiences weren't I'm not actually hitting it, I'm just lightly touching it. That those experiences weren't real. Okay, fine. That those experiences weren't real. Uh is what is what that feels like to me when you're telling me that I can't like have mm-hmm. those words that are mine right or maybe it's even assuming that you haven't had those well, experiences exactly, because that's the same thing telling me that those experiences weren't real as well as assuming that's the exact same thing to me right like if somebody said to me like you can't use faggot because you're not a gay man i'm like well i've had people yell faggot at me out of a car window and then throw trash at my face and they might be like oh okay then you can use it it's like i don't have to fucking prove to you that i'm a faggot yeah like it's like it's like it's like if you were um like saying something about like sexual assault and then somebody was like how would you know like were you sexually assaulted you're yeah. like yeah, yeah. like what? fuck you for assuming i wasn't like and fuck you for assuming i was also yeah like, like fuck you for making you? any assumptions about my history yeah then that's just kind of what that what that makes me feel and i wanted to talk about that as well because like I, I don't know. That just uh, rings rings interesting for me in terms of interpersonal relationships as well as being trans because I feel like both of us have a lot of interpersonal relationships where we're also trans in them. Yep. <laughs> in fact, all of yeah. them. Yeah, and I'm a person who's been identifying loosely as trans. I've been identifying as transish, which uh, makes me feel comfier than you know me. I'm an Aquarius. I don't like to be hard lying about anything other than arbitrary arguments. Mm. Um, but like with identity, I don't like to be fixed in anything. Um, in a lot of ways. And so like transish makes me feel comfy. It's like some days I feel more trans than others, I guess, which is probably true of everybody. Some days I feel more trans than others. Right. But I know, but like, it's, it's like a yes and no thing for me, I guess. Um, I think there are some days when you asked me if I was trans, I go, no, uh, like that doesn't feel right at all. Um, but also as a gender fluid person and my gender is always this sort of like non-Newtonian fluid that changes depending on whether you touch it or not. (laughs) I think non-Newtonian fluid is a great way to describe my gender. Yeah. Uh, like if you shake it or you touch it differently, uh, or you look at it differently, it might be in a different state. Um, I want to explore non-Newtonian gender more later. I think uh, that's probably a good spot to wrap stuff up. Yep. Uh, I was going to say something else about that, but yeah. But yeah, so I haven't been identifying as trans at all for very long. And so it's something that I'm very much on the beginnings of a journey of, uh, and I haven't really had like a conversation with my lover lasagna about it, but like I've just like mentioned it in passing. And also like I, she's just, she's also an Aquarius. So she's just like, well, okay, whatever you're yeah. doing you any given moment um that does feel like a good spot to wrap up that one started out real rowdy and funny and then got real serious we're gay that's what happened what a fucking hot and cold fucking contrasting episode uh that we are gay that is what happens um but we're gonna uh stop talking at you now because so this has been if it's gay we play this has been if it's gay we play um if you have any thoughts or feelings uh about anything that we've said um you can yeah. let us i was gonna uh, yeah please 
please tell us because I know that yeah, I said I started off saying so sorry I know that I started off saying hurtful things about our community and that's unfortunate that I did that yeah but you also count like everything we've said has been couched in our own experiences and yeah. I think that's I don't think we have to apologize for that like still, you didn't you didn't like condemn a community you were just talking about your own experience that you've been having we'll I really don't think you were I think All you were right. just talking about your own you've couched everything and this is my Fair. experience okay so anyway if you have any thoughts or feelings uh, about anything that we've said or about Assassin's Creed Odyssey or about um, Pussy Weed, uh, you can let us know those thoughts and feelings uh, by emailing us at ifitsgabyplay at gmail.com. And if you're my boss, please don't fire me. Uh, and you can also hit us up on the socials media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Gay Gamers, G-A-Y-G-A-M-E-R-Z. Um, you can go to stickpokeprod.com and check out our show, check out the other shows in the network. Uh, I have a new podcast out. It's been out for a few weeks now called yes, No Exit. So it's it. a comedy horror podcast wherein I hate horror movies. Uh, that's not just a character. I do. I historically do hate horror movies. And my friend Wendy erstwhile guest on this podcast and powerful bisexual loves horror we movies. Love Wendy. So she's making me watch. I mean, I consented to do it. She's not making me do anything, but she's having me watch horror movies. And then, uh, I react to them. All of the movies that you've seen, I've, uh, I've seen for the first time and I react to them and we make jokes and, uh, a delight. we discuss with thoughtful discussions and Wendy tells us a lot of interesting trivia about the movies. So you should check that out. If you like laughing or horror movies or you hate horror movies, but like laughing like me, um, you can also check out the other shows in the network, such as brand new podcast by the grace of pod hot, hot. um, <laughs> you named your podcast dog. Yeah, that Aaron is a, a, a co-host. It's sort of a fi- five-way? Five people? Oh, yeah, it's a five-way. Uh-huh, it's a five-way. It's a weekly five-way. Well, actually, we want to have Hat more people way. on. Okay. It's, it's, so far, it's a core five, which we're trying to get into a groove so that we can eventually have... Have people on. More guests. Have, they're such just, as the two of you. They're trying to see how many people they can pack into one room yeah. to yell at a podcast. Which... I'm, I'm down. Yeah, I'm also down. It's like when in high school in my theater department when we would pack as many people as we could into one car and then go through a Sonic drive through and order one small Coke. It's like that. You assholes. It was, we were theater kids, dude. I know. At uh, least you didn't order for each and every single person in the car a very complicated. Yeah, yeah well, the, jo- the yeah. joke was there's... 30 people in this car and we're ordering one beverage. Yeah, is funny. It funny. is pretty funny. We got kicked out of, uh, we, we first did it. Where do we do? It wasn't so, we didn't start at Sonic. IHOP? We started at, no, no, no. We separately went to IHOP. IHOP doesn't have drive throughs um, which they, they should, but this was a specific drive through okay, experience. So anyway, anyway, so you can find <laughs> us on those things. Um, check us out, uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, we would love, we love any reviews that we get. We love subscriptions. We love listeners. Tell your friends in real life. Also tell your friends about the forthcoming Denver show, Gender Fucked, which is a variety show for people outside the gender binary, uh, that will be coming up, uh, this June. And we'll tell you more deets as we get closer. Look out for Aaron and I in Shakespeare's As You Like It, which will be every Sunday this June. Um, I think that's all the things we need to plug Kai. It is also for people who are inside the gender binary who identify as trans. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sorry, outside of the the system, I don't know. Outside was, of the system, baby. The system. I'm trying to figure out the sh- a shorter way to say what outside our show is about. Outside of the system is the now system. the only way that I will yeah. be saying Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Outside that shit. Outside I that will. shit. If you're outside that shit, come 
See that our doesn't show. Shit, come to our shit. Yeah, come to fucking our shit. Our shit is better. Mm-hmm. Also, um, thank you to Aaron for composing our theme song. Uh, that's something that oh, I would start saying. It's uh, a departure off the album, putting the days. Putting the days to bed. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, it's bad. Yeah, we can't do we that. Can't. But no, uh, thanks to Aaron for the composition of our podcast. You can check him out playing music around town as Diane. And I think that's all the things that yeah. we have to say. Yeah. Um, we love you. Thanks happy for birthday, Aaron. Happy birthday, oh, Aaron's birthday was yesterday. Uh, happy, two days ago. Two days ago. I don't know what day it is. Days. But Aaron, uh, how's it feel to be twenty four? Um, it actually feels pretty good. I was about to say it feels mostly the same, but honestly, optimistic for this year, which means it might be pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> twenty four is pretty good to me. Twenty four is when a lot of things start to like settle in your life I uh-huh. think so I, I feel good about 24 you. is when I came back into your life which is why I think it started being the oh, best in my years life. of your life no no you came back into my life when I was 23 yeah but then you turned 24 and then we really hit it off that's how it works oh uh, yeah you actually came into my life like halfway through <coughs> 23 um, like a significant anyway so we're gonna <laughs> go now because Kai has plans uh, but we love you we love you and we'd love to say keep playing gay and keep being gay and fuck shit up goodbye, goodbye. Bye. Bye.